You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for February 17th, 2021, Ash Wednesday. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. These words are spoken in name and the love and the power of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So a year ago on Shrove Tuesday, that is, the day before Ash Wednesday, I was in our parish hall and Sarah Lou Walter, a beloved member of our congregation, came up to me and she said, Father Peter, what's our corona plan? Well, I was just learning about the novel coronavirus and we did not have a plan. And my first thought was, well, perhaps the corona plan should be that I should go home and have a beer on this night before Lent. I thought, well, that was wildly unprofessional to go home and have a Corona beer. It was not priestly, and I didn't want it to be rude to Sarah. So I said, Sarah, we don't have a plan. The next day, Ash Wednesday came, and we did our normal thing. From dawn to dusk, we imposed ashes upon people and reminded them that they are dust, and to dust they shall return. We invited people to a Holy Lent. But holy smokes, did we not know what we were doing, because it became very clear that though our Ash Wednesday might have been normal, there was anything but normal coming down the pike during that Lent. When the tsunami came to town, that is, the pandemic, it wiped out everything, right? It wiped out normal life as we knew it, and it brought death, it brought the fear of death, and it brought the great fear of sickness. And for so, so many people, it brought sickness too. Suddenly, Lent seemed completely different. Instead of having our Lenten imposed upon us by the imposition of ashes, the pandemic seemed to impose Lent upon us. Instead of going on Lenten retreats, we retreated into our households where we were to stay home and to stay safe. Suddenly, our Lenten desert was our living room. Just as a metronome marks time for a musician, so our church calendar marks time in the Christian life. But since the pandemic has come to town, time has gotten kind of weird. There is a kind of slurry of time, a slurry of sameness. There is the sense that every day is Tuesday. And back a year ago, that, that Lent became weird Easter, and that became pandemic Pentecost, and then seasons just came and went, and suddenly it was Advent. And oh my gosh, we were so good at Advent, that season of waiting. There we were waiting for the virus to go away, waiting to get our vaccine, and then Christmas came. And we loved Christmas because we we lit up our house with extra lights, and then Epiphany came, and well, there we were. We were back to Advent, waiting again for the pandemic to go away, waiting to get our vaccines. And we kept a few of those Christmas lights just because our spirits needed a little brightening. Now here we are, back to Ash Wednesday, a year ago now. And our Ash Wednesday liturgy says to us, and to make a right beginning of repentance, and as a mark of our mortal nature, let us kneel before our Lord and our Maker. There's another type of ashes, of course, the ashes of all those who have died. Nearly a half a million Americans, over two million people in the world, and our beloved Bill Pike. And these ashes have made an indelible and semi-permanent mark upon us, upon our mortal nature. 
You know, it almost seems as though we've been in a continuous Ash Wednesday since last year. And as Reverend Elizabeth likes to say, now with Ash Wednesday, we can make it official. If part of Ash Wednesday uh, and part of Lent is to reflect upon our mortal nature, I would say we've got that one down. The opening colic for Ash Wednesday also talks about acknowledging our wretchedness. Well, most assuredly, not sure how you feel today, but at some point during this past year, you have felt wretched. Last week, I participated in a clergy day with the Episcopal Church in Connecticut, and the topic was clergy mental health. And the clergy and the diocese work with a group of psychologists. And one of the psychologists weighed in and said that throughout the country, people are hitting the pandemic wall. The, the fight-and-flight mode of the adrenaline in the early days has long since worn off, and people are tired, and some are exhausted. There is, of course, increasing depression and anxiety in our culture here. This person also named five long-term effects to chronic anxiety, and it was that healthy people start to come apart. The second was that there is impaired cognitive function by everyone. In other words, people just find ourselves, we find ourselves in a fog, a kind of mental fog. The third was parents pathologize their children's problems, when in fact their children are simply suffering from a wild dislocation of normal life. The fourth is that many couples struggle with intimacy and distance, as couples who are used to coming and going find themselves living very closely in the same household. And fifthly, addictive behaviors are on the rise. And this includes not only alcohol and drugs, but such things as the Peloton. It is very clear if you look at people's faces that we are, we are tired people. The Surgeon General has just said there is a pandemic of isolation and disconnection. We have seasonal affective disorder during this, these dark days. Suicide rates are high, the highest since 1941. There's a sense of hopelessness, particularly among young people. People's spirits are battered, and for so many, their faith has drifted away. The Ash Wednesday liturgy says to us that the first Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection, and it became the custom of the church to prepare for them by a season of penitence and fasting. I used to always think of this season of penitence and fasting as feeling bad for a good God, a kind of Christian boot camp in which we finally took things seriously. And in my younger days, in my early devotional days, I wonder why we, we were not Lenten all of the time. Those of you who practice fasting know that the purpose of fasting is to break the patterns of our lives. But most assuredly, we have all been fasting from normalcy during this past year. We've all been stripped of normal social engagement, that which makes our lives whole and fulfilled. And we've all been driven to our knees. Now, there is another early church Lenten devotional cycle that doesn't get as much airtime as the one that is in our Book of Common Prayer. It also is preparatory for Holy Week and for the celebration of the resurrection. 
This tradition came to me from Tom Shaw, who used to be the superior of the, Saint, of the Society of St. John the Evangelist, the Cowley Fathers, a monastic community in part in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And Tom Shaw was the former bishop of the Diocese of Massachusetts. And Tom used to teach that during the fifth and sixth centuries, the holy people who led the holy communities in the Holy Land would take the whole of Lent and go into the desert. Now their going into the desert was not to go into a desert of desolation. The desert in the spring in the Holy Land is beautiful. The rainy season has come, it has brought water, it has brought streams, and all the plants have come to life. There's a great flowering. If you've ever been to the Holy Land in the spring, it is a delight. And these holy men and women would go into this desert not to fast and to beat themselves up for a good God, but just the opposite. They would go for renewal and restoration and refreshment, a kind of holy rebooting. And the purpose was not to add things onto their life. The purpose was to let go of their daily burdens. And the result being a kind of movement toward healing and wholeness, rest and relaxation, a kind of coming back to uh, themselves and a coming back to their God. It was not a harsh time. It was a time of intimacy with our Lord, which really prepared them for Holy Week and prepared them for Easter. The God they sought in the desert was the God of consolation, not the God of desolation. Consolation being that abiding feeling that we have at times in our lives that God is real and present with us and it brings in deep inner peace and it brings faith and it brings hope and it brings love. Every Ash Wednesday we are invited into the observance of a Holy Lent. And I ask you to think about what that Holy Lent might be for you. Perhaps it is the traditional one, right? And perhaps it is not. Perhaps what you need is sackcloth and ashes. Your soul needs to do penance. You have a deep sense of sin that is overwhelming you, and you need a great stripping, a holy fast from those habits which are killing you. Perhaps Psalm 51 is just the right thing for your soul. Or perhaps during these days you need permission not to be too hard on yourself. You need to be like those holy men and women in the fifth and sixth centuries. And instead of sackcloth and ashes, what you really need is the cloak of divine love. Perhaps what you need from your God is to be restored and to be comforted. You need from Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Perhaps you need to be loved spiritually held during this time of social distancing, or perhaps what you need is a regular series of naps because the truth is you're exhausted. Perhaps what you need are 40 days of compassion. Compassion means to suffer with, and it is during Holy Week that we have compassion for our Lord's passion. We enter into the way of the cross, into the footsteps of our Lord. But maybe during this 40 days, you ask the Lord to walk in your shoes and to follow your way of the cross as it is being lived out in your life. And we can make this claim and this desire with our Lord bold because it is part of the 
uh, is part of the incarnation that Jesus, fully man and fully divine, right, ascended into the heavens. And so the way of our life is now caught up into the way of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And every Ash Wednesday, we are invited in to spiritual disciplines. And so whether or not you need sackcloth and ashes or whether or not you need that cloak of divine love, it is these spiritual disciplines that we are called to, not because they are to discipline us for being bad, but because they are disciplines of love. These are the methods through which we seek to be loved by our Lord and by which we experience that love. So as you come and go about these next 40 days, I suggest that you draw closer to these disciplines. I suggest you draw closer to the scriptures, and perhaps you might really want to read the Song of Solomon, that Hebrew love poetry, so that you can read that wonderful verse that says, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Who amongst us does not need to hear our Lord say in the depths of our souls, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away into my being of love. So peace be with you in these next 40 days. These words are spoken in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.